boxes, a couple of smaller boxes, and another big box in the back of my buddy's uh, car for him to go sell on eBay. That's cool. So what were you selling? Everything. I mean, <laughs> I mean with I'm that much stuff, it's quite a long list, I imagine. Oh yeah, absolutely. A ton, a ton of stuff. Seriously, Jim, are you, did you just paint that like while we were sitting here? Yeah, I've just been working on these three. <laughs> All right. Oh, wrong one. Went to the wrong one. New test screen. Boop. There we go. Reefercon review. Yay! We are back, guys, and welcome to episode... Kathy? 50! This Big is... 50! 50! Like the scent? Kinda? Like the scent. <laughs> if that scent is uh, floral? No, floral. Yeah, I got nothing. I don't cents. know. No. Welcome to episode 50, guys. Um, we do have James is painting up in our bottom left-hand corner. He's going to be painting miniatures uh, the whole time while we're talking because, you know, he's got work he has to do. Um, I'm going to be working on a miniature, of course, too. And we're both working on Lord of the Rings miniatures um, yep. since that just came out. Um, but then that this is going to be our ReaperCon review because, uh, of course, I didn't get to go because I'm not special like that. And uh, John, why didn't you get to go? Uh, because I live quite a bit further away from that. <laughs> yeah, it's actually pretty close to me, I found out. Um, so I could have, but I didn't. So Shall that's the reason why I brought... Yeah, there's always next year, which I'll probably have more money saved up since I can't go to Adepticon next year. So, wah, wah, wah. Well, I guess if we saw you at ReaperCon, that would make up for it. Yeah, it would have to. And you know what? They have a good track of uh, role-playing game stuff. They've Well, I mean, if you're into D&D or Pathfinder, they've been running events uh, for both of those at ReaperCon the last few years and uh then joseph wolf does a uh, a dreadmere campaign Oop, every year turn off something i just noticed that one of our old things is running yeah i saw that yep one of our old things was run uh, -oh. uh the, the breach storm one yeah i forgot to have the timer of the breach storm so everybody knew what uh we would follow so yeah, because y'all guys, you will see some stuff uh, spam by, and it should only be like every 15 minutes, which is like our Patreon stuff, which um, keep an eye on, because something's possibly going to come up because of uh, Patreon. And yeah, we're working on stuff again with that. You know, we got some crazy ideas we're throwing back and forth. We're always coming up with uh, new things, just trying to keep it fresh. Yep. Uh, remember, if you're a Twitch subscriber, Twitch does not automatically renew your subscription. Jump up and, you know, subscribe again. And if you are a subscriber, you can click on the uh, arrow where the sub and gift the sub is, and it'll tell you when your subscription expires, so you can keep track of when you might want to renew it. Correct. Doubly so if you're, uh, you know, tied into uh, your Amazon Prime account and you get the free one sub a month. Correct, because you have to automatically do that. And we are streaming on Facebook Live, and so if you are watching there, you can do all the cool things that you want uh, by giving us stars and stuff like that, because that's their new streaming service that they're yep. trying to do, trying to compete with Twitch, which is cool. Yep, they're, they're trying to make it a thing, so we're going to do our part to try and help. You know? Yep. Just means one more chat window for me to look at. Yay! Right, I was 
Do I need yeah, to go it's back all good. To, uh, to the Facebook? Well, yeah. we should see Facebook chat show up in our window, but for some reason the Facebook chat is really slow. Uh, I'm going to try to figure and get that working a little bit better. So if you're watching Jamie on Facebook... US says, hey, Kathy. Oh, hi. We're just going to try to keep an eye on that because that thing takes a little bit longer to load uh, on this. Oh, Thank you for the bits, Banyan. Banyan loves us. He thinks we're special. So, so we are in episode 50. It is our ReaperCon episode. Um, we see the bits leader? We can't have that. Oh, no. Someone outbid Banyan on bits because, you know, he's like two episodes behind on the Star Wars episode. So, yeah, we can't have that. So, um, other than that, um, let's go with our normal. James, you're first. What are you drinking today? Uh, I had actually made myself a little concoction that had milk, chocolate, and rum in it. I was trying to basically make like a chocolate rum chata. Okay. Uh, John, what are you drinking? I am drinking an Arizona light half and half hard uh, iced tea and lemonade. And then I also have a shot of... Uh, what are we talking here? Bird Dog Apple Flavored Whiskey. Bird Dog Apple Flavored Whiskey. Okay. Apple? No. Okay. New on me? <laughs> Kathy, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, rum. What? Rum. No way. Gosh. That's like... I know. Uh, amazing. I'm sure you all are. <laughs> Suck it, Fabian. <laughs> Kathy doing rum? There's no way. Right? Oh, and I also have some coffee over here, which I'm sure shocks everybody. Oh, yeah. What? I can't coffee, even... too? Right? No way. Right? Mind blown. Looks like we have a bitch war going on. Someday I'll have something good. <laughs> Someday I'll have something good. Um, I'm drinking not something new. I've had this before, but first time on the podcast, and I finally found it uh, um, at a store locally. And so I found a few four packs of Dragon's Milk. Oh, oh cool. yeah, that's good. Um, which, if you know, ever had before, it's 11% by volume. Um, you're supposed to have it with food. Fuck that. Um <laughs> It is a rich, roasty, and creamy with heavy notes of vanilla and just a familiar warmth from dark barrels. Remind us that all of life events... Yeah, well, it says you're supposed to have it with red meat, smoked foods, balsamic, rich cheeses, and dark chocolates. Uh, Fuck that. I'm just going to have what I got. So... All of that makes me very hungry now. It makes me a little hungry, too. It's a bourbon barrel. Eat some red meat. Uh, age stout. So to episode fifty, guys. Shit. Cheers. Fifty episodes. Cheers. Thanks for everybody showing up. We love you. That is just the cutest damn shot glass ever, John. <sighs> yeah, I love Fuck, these. That's good. Woo. Um, let's go and switch to the so, paint cam. Was it good, John? Yeah, it was good. Just uh, hit me a little strong. Well, I mean, it is whiskey. Well, I mean, it's like I haven't eaten in a couple hours. Oh, so this should be fun. <laughs> that is theoretically the only alcohol I'm going to have tonight. The only? Mm-hmm. The theory. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, suck it again, Banyan. <laughs> We're having a bidding war with bits in the channel hey, look, right I now. I got free bits for some. <laughs> yeah, I win. Yeah. Well, if you I do watch some ads, stuff, you can so get some I'm free bits. There are ways to get free bits. When someone cheers at you with bits, it's a way to tip. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to work on this uh, ogre, this Mordor ogre. Oh, those guys are cool. I wish I still had mine, but yeah. So they're are big, they ogres oh, or are they trolls? They're trolls. They're trolls, but they. I just, I but they're not cave trolls. trolls. Correct. They're not cave, cave trolls. trolls. Are different. Yeah. Um. So. I haven't put together all the models yet. Um, the troll does have this big old line through the edge because the the body is two separate pieces. Yeah. But those older models are. Uh, yeah. Because I, I found some older models in my stuff I started putting together, and sometimes the molding on that is bad. But their new yeah. stuff's been away. Uh, they're all plastic. Made me cry. Yeah. Um, it's got really good detail, really cool poses because the arms are not socketed they're pegged and so you can kind of rotate them so i could have spun it left and you know up and down or whatever and the hand i could have spun it and they had so many different variants they had like four different heads like five different weapons um drums that you could have put on the chest yeah drums yeah i remember um, out. and you can put um you know they had drumsticks that you could put in their hands so you could have made the drummer um a lot of cool 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 poses uh, he does lean over, so if you look, like when you set him down, he's leaning over and looking down like he'd be looking down at this they, target yeah, area. Yeah, that's all their models. Yeah, which is okay. Not a big deal, because it's an action pose. That's the reason why I got the arm way yeah. up in the air. Um, so far, the models look really good. I can't wait to put together the Nazgul and uh, mm -hmm. Fell Beast. That's what I'm looking forward to. The Fell Beasts are so much fun. There are certain models I would love to get really good ones of that when they came out originally they didn't do them justice. Because mm -hmm. like when when the Hobbit when the the uh, the first Hobbit movie came out, I'm like I require a Thorn Oakenshield model because Thorn Oakenshield is badass and awesome and I had forgotten because it's been a while since I read the Hobbit. I'm like I want a good model and they put the model I'm like he's okay, yeah. <laughs> not that good. I was very sad about the goblins because I was looking forward to all those movie goblins and they tried. They really did try. But when you've got the mold line running right down the face yes. of the goblin, it changes their expression. Yep. You know, and you can't clean that or you destroy all the other details. Couldn't. Actually, if you get yourself a brass brush or something like that, you can. You still have to be a little careful with it. But you can clean a good portion of it off. Yeah. Yeah, you should be they, careful because they, they were such a giant yeah. pain for me to clean that I just left all the mold lines on yeah, and then it's... did a half-assed paint job on them because it wasn't worth my time. Well, these look really solid. The uh, Ghost Rangers, uh, I can't remember what their what their official name is. Army of the Dead. The Army of the Dead guys. Those are super super good. Um, so do we just want to talk about Lord of the Rings now and do the Reaper? Uh, yeah, let's get after? yeah, yeah. Let's get, let's just get this out of the way real quick because <laughs> since we're painting them, because everything we do is real quick here. Uh huh. Yeah. Especially uh, when it's a game that we all have liked and played. I have not actually. I have not played a single game of Lord of the Rings. It was my favorite system back in the day. It's actually why I ended up playing Bolt Action now because there's some similar mechanics. 
because it's not always your turn, the other guy's turn. You don't know whose turn it's going to be. And even the phases are broken. They're split up between the two players. So you move, move, shoot, shoot, fight, fight. And the fights are chosen. And fights are singled off one guy. So you know, if this guy is going to fight this guy, then he's also, this guy is not able to just fight over here. You're not just in mobs. And Cowboy really, really does stuff because if, if he charges him, he gets an actual bonus for charging. And if he knocks him down, he may not kill him. But boy, he's getting a serious amount of dice, and guys that are prone are obviously yeah. at a disadvantage, but they're not always dead. That's the cool thing. And with riders, he wants to shoot him. He may only hit the horse, and the rider, especially if he's Rohan and got a riding skill, he's not automatically dead. He just gets replaced by the foot guy, which is why I have to paint up a lot of foot Easterlings to yeah. replace cavalry that gets unhorsed. Yeah, I always dug uh, Lord of the Rings rules, and I like what JW's going. They're getting away from the I go, you go for everything. They're actually trying some different stuff, which is cool. Yeah. I, I've watched a few of the battle reports, and I've liked it because it looks like it's just a good old fun, solid play. Um, and, of course, there's a lot of narrative play to it, so that's a cool thing. So if you want to recreate certain battles or do certain things, you can. You just got to get the models to do it. Um, but I picked it up because, well, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan and I watched a couple of videos and of course I like to support other people, you know, game store and stuff. So yep. I can't wait to play some games with it. Um, I'm going to put it all together and then have it and bring it to the store and kind of teach people type thing. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping so, that the army, the dead sculpts are actually new because that was one of my favorite armies when i last played i had a whole army of the dead but the sculpts were pretty they mediocre. were iffy um Very mediocre it looked really cool i mean once you are already painted it and everything i wonder if not brushhead dave still has seven thousand army of the dead guys <laughs> i'm gonna just so having worked at games workshop uh i started when they released lord of the rings game the first one the fellowship of the ring mm-hmm and went through that whole time, so we ended up with tons of extra-ordering stuff. Mine's all gone, unfortunately, but that was a big deal, uh, you know, for us, because it was the big game. We got a lot in there, and, you know, with a lot of mispacks here and there, we fix them how we can, and then a lot of extra stuff that we ended up getting rid of. So that's why Not Brushhead Dave had, like, a million army to dead guys. But it's that stuff's going now we were talking before the cast how hard it is to get that stuff in the secondhand market now because it's a big thing yes it yeah. is well even at nova last year when we were there we were astounded at how big their lord of the rings tournament was mm, yeah so i mean there's still people out there playing it so i'm i'm just it, glad it to was see a, them re-release it it was a good game. The, the cool yeah. rules are very yeah. very solid and very different, which I love. And that's why I didn't mind half-assed painting those ugly goblins. Because the game itself was so much fun. Hey, Cabinet Scott, everybody. Thanks for joining us. He's footballed out. I can't blame you. <laughs> I've been footballed out for a couple years. Yep. But, I mean, um, the I don't know if the sculpts are, are new, but they're all pla everything in there is plastic. So... It may be. I, I never got into it because it came in and died out quickly around us. So uh, I'm hoping it doesn't just die out. I would love it if they had a better version of the uh, Goblin Bard Rider because I would, I would jump on that. 
Well, let's see, a lot of them are looking basically like the old plastics, which makes sense because those old plastics cost a lot of money to make the sprues for, yeah. and you're going to get as much use as you can. Yeah, oh, I mean, they yeah, just the may have taken definitely the old goblins. Yeah, they yeah. may have just taken the goblins and taken the sculpts that's, and just put them in plastic. That's what, I, that's what I saw too. But the warp rider was fine cast. Yeah, it was not plastic. Um, they so had I'm plastic warp riders for a while. The reason why it didn't catch on so much, Legionnaires, is one, the scale was really off on the models. They weren't the size of; they were a little bit smaller, and that turned people off. They're like two tr true twenty-five, basically. Or yeah, they were. They were. They and were Perry Brothers models. Yeah, New Line Cinema. They, yeah. Well, they demanded that they be true scale because they couldn't have Gandalf with baseball gloves for hands yeah. and a pumpkin for a head. Yep. So it turned a lot of people off that they weren't larger models. And I'm going to say, looking through the models they have on the website, every single one of them is the same old plastic version. If it wasn't plastic, so huh. I just, I just, I just searched for uh, the Warg Riders on GW. I got the 404 Air All Records expunged from library. <laughs> Let me just try that again. Uh. <laughs> I just went to new releases and clicked on them and view all. I think I think that's what I need to do. Yeah, they're okay. That was what was weird is around us uh, in Arkansas, the game was picking up steam like three to four months before they announced the new system, which I thought was really interesting. Is everybody was like, "Ooh, who all wants to play Lord of the Rings again?" And it was like, "Why is it?" And then all of a sudden, like three or four months later. People are wanting the the new system comes out, and I was like, I thought it was just really weird that that happened that way, which is okay, nothing wrong with it. Yeah, it's almost like it came down the the pipe. Uh, honestly, the the models started getting big on uh, the secondary markets before the announcement. So yes, somebody smelled that coming. Yeah, definitely. And once one person smells it coming, then everyone does because that's how the market reacts. Yeah, mm -hmm. but but it's good to see that's back. I mean, you know, I'm I'm. Uh, I just did the last minis of movies on Too Many Games Part Two, and where I, you know, typed in all the games that I was interested in, in the spreadsheet, and took a look at it, and how many it was, <laughs> and it was a large number, and there wasn't Lord of the Rings on there, so there's, I mean, yeah. not gonna be able to make room for that one, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, that's the reason why I kind of I bought the box set. That way, one, I have the core, I have the book, I have a bunch of miniatures because there's like eighty plus miniatures in the box. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, plus you can teach somebody with that. That's the, correct. The super key to all those boxes. Yeah. And we all like to split those boxes, but if you're thinking you're going to be teaching people to play the game, you got to keep an intact starter. Yeah. Or at least make sure you've got two factions so you can teach everyone. Yeah. I mean, I may trade off that after I teach a few people, or someone says, "Hey, you really want the Rohan?" I'm like, "Nah, I really want Mordor." And I'm like, "Okay." After uh, I teach Rohan. a few people. Yeah. Their warg riders look different. They may have done the change to him. I just went to it, uh, unless it was a special uh, a special hero, warg rider, that I was trying to get. There were three guys on the back of the, the thing. Oh, wow. That, that's probably some special one, honestly. That was I'm a looking special at these, one. and I'm like, these look better than I remember. Well, they, may, they may have done a bit different sculpts. I, I know the Easterling Cataphract box did have different stuff in it because, well, the first cataphracts I had were metal, and there was actually a 
two different banner options and there were two casualties, which was really interesting. I don't remember them putting casualties in their plastic boxes back in the day. Yeah, no, they didn't they didn't have any in any of their plastic boxes. In fact, casualties is usually a really rare thing to see in their games. There was actually two of them. Yeah, that's kind of cool. So. Which will be, that'll, that'll be very cool. And they actually had two banners in there, which definitely was not an option. I think they, well, they repeated one sprue. I think that's what it was. Yeah, well, two banners is cool because that at least means you can have two in different units and have a little bit of, or different areas and have a little variety amongst them because uh, I have friends who will not play the same model twice. So if there's only one pose, he will he will he will totally have to convert it to make it look different. You know, and that whole horse to unhorse thing is really yeah. important when you because mm-hmm. I, I used the extra banner and I had an extra plastic guy laying around. I mean this thing is still from two thousand three, four, whatever, but I was able to use the new banner and now I've got me two apiece because last time I had to use paper and a spear from a Tomb King's box and stuff to make a second banner. Sticker paper is awesome for that because you can draw a little design, you can color it, and sitting there flat, it'll be a little easier to make it look like a banner, and then you can take it off and, and stick it. Like they used to do in their old box sets back in the day, they'd have the sticker banners, which are so much easier to use. All right. Yeah, they I mean, fold over on themselves. Well, if you're a little careful, you can get in the work, but I mean, we're all experts here, right? Yeah, we're <laughs> all, right. all experts. We all get paid for doing I didn't this. I did say we're professionals. I said we were experts. There's a difference. <laughs> so let's get on with our ReaperCon review. Um, and since Kathy and James are the people that went, can y'all tell us what ReaperCon actually is? I'll let Kathy go first. Oh, okay. Unless she doesn't um, want to. I can go first. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, why don't you go ahead and go? You're our guest uh, tonight. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, ReaperCon was a blast because it was the first time in their new venue which must have drawn in a lot of bodies because that convention i thought it was twice the size of last year and i think their numbers are kind of confirming that it was just that much of a improvement over last year the new facility was fantastic there was food yay which is great there were places to sleep yay and lots of room to do stuff like actually play rpgs which we saw a lot of that because that was going out in the lobby where Fort Wapple was and there were people that would start at 10 o'clock in the morning and there was still people doing that one two three o'clock in the morning so that was very nifty and I got to do lots of on-spot demos kind of like the Fort Wapple at Adepticon except since it was a little bit smaller people could actually you know kind of sit around the screen and watch what I was doing and I was doing demos till about three in the morning each day at least Painting the big old five-headed Reaper Dragon. Painting Spacecapes on a Clockwork Dragon. So thanks to everybody that stopped by and said hi and hung out with us. But, I mean, is ReaperCon just about Reaper miniatures and about playing Reaper, playing with Reaper stuff? I mean, or is it more than that? Because I've never been, and I've been told, you got to go. And I'm like, okay, but I don't know what it's about. But I mean, why must I go? Yes. It is way beyond the the Reaper stuff because even the painting contest, there was a what a dark sword, a bombshell, there was five different manufacturer awards, I think. And there's actually a vendors room that and none of these vendors have anything to do with Reaper. 
you've got folks um, trying to do their own. You know, we got people that are about to do Kickstarter type things, so they're there with their new stuff, trying to show that off, getting ready for new campaigns. They had Cav. They're on. I guess it's sort of a Reaper thing, but out in the hallway, that was just people playing RPGs just all day and all night they long. Had, uh, there were organized playthings from Pathfinder and uh, Dungeons and Dragons. It's almost like Gen Con. It was. It was that level. A of very, very that... tiny Gen Con. <laughs> very, very tiny. One, one that sounds appealing, kinda, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You actually, move places and not get run over. What? I, there were there were a lot of people as, as as Jim said it was their first time coming to ReaperCon and they were only there for the the Pathfinder or the D and D and didn't even know what the miniature painting stuff was so it was like well since Reaper makes the the miniatures the official Pathfinder miniatures mm-hmm. uh, it was easy to kind of draw people into the uh, the dark side of miniature painting. You know, here they have this huge selection of models that are perfect for fantasy role-playing characters. Oh, yeah. You know, so, but they are looking at getting more uh, organized playthings in there I mean, is in it, addition to the, the miniature painting classes. Yeah, is it, it that, that's, what, that's what I'm wondering. Is it more than just miniature painting? Oh, geez, yeah. It, now, in the past... I would say four or five years ago when I first went there, that was that was the be-all and end-all of everything. But that is eventually, each, with each year, there's more and more. Heck, they had pinball machines there. There was a whole thing with pin, like the arcade. old Atari-style games. Oh. Yeah, yeah, the it old arcade, arcade games. Set up there. There were literally sweet. people that played pinball all weekend long or like Space Invaders or whatever. People were doing that. They had Galaga there. <laughs> so I, I think they realized that well if we want to expand this thing it, it can't just be about painting miniatures it's it's just nice for us because that is the one place where you'll get people that are seriously painting miniatures because at, at Gen Con the minute that's like a sideshow to a sideshow to a sideshow there yes but here at ReaperCon I've never seen so many people they're walking around with all this equipment that makes everything I have look like junk i mean it's well everything i have is junk compared to what these people are sporting and walking around with it, it's a, it's amazing with their magnifier lights and their fancy this and fancy that and i'm looking at it and go wow well, that's neat yeah, <laughs> don't know what that is, is it is fun to see the passion that people have for the miniature painting mm-hmm. there you know to be able to to talk to and connect with other people who are who share that particular aspect of the hobby but there's people painting definitely different systems. That's well, that's where I found out about the Song of Ice and Fire, which I had never even heard of till we got to ReaperCon and Jim from Dark Swords says, So Jim, what do you think of the the, the miniatures for that? It's a miniature yeah, for that's, what? That's the cool <laughs> that's the Simon game, Fire and Ice. Yeah. And, but Dark Sword did the figures for it, so it has the fine sculpting and they used different type of plastic for all the weapons and actually that just arrived in the mail yesterday after a long Uh, vigil we have the box for that so be prepared for us uh talking about song of ice and fire the tabletop game i thought it was interesting that they're pre-assembled 
they yeah, they are. Yeah, it reminded me very much of Zombie Side, the way that it's the way that it it looks. In some ways, it reminds me of War of the Ring because you have these movement trays with circular cutouts, and you put your guys mm -hmm. in there. And I never got a chance to play Lord of the Ring. That was something that was super popular and then died overnight because I think somebody found yep. some broken combo or something, and I yep. just killed it. I know the guy. Yep. I've talked to him. And not nice words about that. Because <laughs> someone was. Scooter, you gotta stop breaking stuff, man. People want to play this game. Now, the, the one thing I'm seeing with that is. The, obviously, it's just the opening box set. There's no missile troops in it. So as it expands and the, they start releasing the rest of the stuff, there'll be a little more flexibility. It's like any game, Warhammer 40k or War Machine. If you only have one type of troops, that's not oh, yeah. going to make for a lot of variety in gameplay. So that that's eventually coming down the pike. Is when I did go to the Kickstarter page, I said, "Holy smokes, there's four times as much stuff that hasn't been." released yet even from the initial kickstarter so that that should kind of scale up it was neat to see that uh there was oh, I'm, I'm trying to think of a couple of the neat kickstarter miniatures that i saw out there a couple of people trying to sort of advertise their new game and lots of miniature tool suppliers which is also neat yeah Be oh can i interrupt you just for a second jim I have a question. Uh, Red Dragon Model Works says, "What paint are you using tonight, James? In case you recognize Red Dragon." Uh, so Gilbert, I am trying out some new stuff that the Alchemist. This is what we got to do after Reprocon was hang out at the factory with all the fellow artists and sculptors and Anne, because she knows I love my clears. She started to make some new clear paints for me, especially this clear orange. So that's what I I'm testing out tonight. To that. And she made me a, a thalo green and sort of a thalo blue. That's sitting around here. So, yeah, there we go. So she made me so, a couple of these. My other question is for Gonzo. Mm -hmm. What is the metallic paint you're using? Uh, I'm using uh, the Army Painter's War Paints. I use the rough iron, that's the brown metal, and then the gun metal for the major. And I'm using Secret Weapons Armor Wash just to make it all dull and gray and really grimy. And then right. I'm going to take and I'm going to do a brown wash over that again just to give it a kind of that rusted look. Those metals are looking really cool from here. Good. So, I'm, I'm, gonna, okay. I'm, gonna, I'm dulling it down and making it looking kind of grimy because it is supposed to be a troll. and it, Yeah. 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 And down that, that seems to be working well. Thanks. Okay, Jim. So back to your Reaper Con story. Sorry, I had questions. Nope, oh, that's <laughs> cool. Let's see. We got to that, that was that was the fun thing though. Last last two years we had to take off early, quite literally. So we did not get to hang out with say Julie Guthrie, who sculpted the gigantic five-headed dragon that I finished off at Reaper Con. That is, I think that weighs about six pounds actually, and that's all out of the bones plastic and i did object source lighting and all kinds of fun things so is that the tiamat one yeah that, yeah that model is amazing by the way what when she was actually describing her thought process as she was sculpting it because she said yeah i wanted it to be six dragons in one or, or five dragons in one so you, when you look i was i knew when i was painting it something was different about 
the toes or the feet. And she said, yeah, they have extra toes, they have extra claws, extra <laughs> talons. And I didn't really realize it as I was painting this. I just, there were some things that I almost thought I was going to file off because they were mold lines or flash. But it turns out that each face is slightly different because it is supposed to be these different dragons combined into one. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, apparently I'm the first person that's ever painted it just as a dragon where it's one color, not with each head being a different color. So she was extra happy to see that because she had not, at least at this point, seen one that was done as just more of a standard dragon. And let's see what else. Oh, we got to see the Reaper factory where they're desperately trying to make more room for the latest bone stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, the last time I walked around in the factory, there was lots of open space over my head. Now there's basically a second story there. So they have added a whole bunch of stuff since. Got to see some of their their new casting facilities, especially for resin, because they're doing a little bit more of that. And let's see, yeah, they're starting to. I think they're trying to use a new plastic for some of the bones. That's a little bit harder more along the lines of that song of ice and fire where if it was a spear or a banner instead of the floppy thing like like you usually have these are more solid like the, mm-hmm. the swords and everything i won't i won't have to do anything to them I, I was shocked usually i have to set them down on my jeweler's block and basically like a like a blacksmith redo the blade won't have to do it on these so yay for technology whatever the heck it is That'll be nice. I bet it'll be a little bit easier to uh, clean mold lines. I mean, marginally easier in comparison. The the detail on those, if I was to sit down and paint those now, it's better than these Easterling figures that I'm working on, which are traditional injection molded plastic. Mm -hmm. So they, they are nifty. So if I were to go, and now... I'm not like, you know, an awesome painter and not into competition style. What would, what could I do there? What would be my thing I would be doing or could be well, doing? Well, let's see. Uh, you don't really play the board games, do you? Because that's another thing that they were doing there this year is oh, people I play board playing. Game. They have a board game library there uh, where people can uh, just grab one of the board games and play at one of the tables. There's a lot of people that are just sitting at tables in the uh, main ballroom just painting at, with each other. You know, you've got a group of people around a round table, and you're just discussing what you're working on. You're discussing, you know, the kind of paints you're using. You're exchanging tips, you know, on how to do certain techniques. Uh people of all levels are just hanging out with other people getting ideas on on painting and if that's you know if you want to be learning more about painting i mean doing it that way you don't even need to be taking classes but they have a million classes you know that people are teaching on various techniques if if you just wanted to bring x-wing or something like that there you could be playing it at one of the tables out in the lobby you could also be painting those or you know people see you play an x-wing and maybe you get some games in with other people that also like to play it but they don't have it with them so they, they try to have i think they're going to also have well they're going to have to make some more space for this because the response was just so massive to it 
Yeah, there's still there's still a pretty new convention as far as as a convention at a hotel is. I mean, years ago when they first started out, it was just a handful of people at the factory. And it was only, what, maybe five years ago that they decided they were going to shift it to a hotel and completely shift how they how they did a convention or actually made it into a convention instead of just a little painting party. So they're, they're still growing, they're still expanding, they're still getting more ideas for other things besides the miniature painting. I guess to give you an idea, the facility they're at now is the same size as the one that Adepticon outgrew about two years ago, three years ago. I think three years ago it was. So they're already... And they actually filled up a pretty good chunk of this thing because there were, there was classes going on on different levels, like some upstairs. So, yeah, if this thing expands more, that if they have twelve, thirteen hundred people next year, this place will be pretty darn full. And at least there's there's stuff within walking distance, places to eat, which well, that was Reading. the major. Right across the parking lot, there's an Alamo Cinema and Draft House. Oh, so, awesome. movies! <laughs> we could do our own uh, MS3K. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to dress okay, up as the fun. robot or whatever? <laughs> Who wouldn't? That's a that's exchange <laughs> really, Jabaskin. Right? So there's, there's lots of different things that, that you can do there. I saw lots of people that were there all weekend. They weren't painting any miniatures at all. They were doing RPG things. I, I don't... Who knows? Maybe even some of the cosplay stuff might start to take hold a little bit more. I don't... I only saw a few people kind of dressed up like as Sophie or whatever. The, yeah, kind of the Reaper there, mascot. there were a few people doing cosplay. Uh, there aren't events for cosplay, although I think there were a couple of classes that somebody was teaching on on uh, coming up with ideas for cosplay and executing them. So it's like I said, there's the convention is still, you know, in its infancy and still growing. Okay. Why Labor Day, though? I have to ask that because... It's a busy weekend. It's a holiday weekend. There's already at least two other cons that weekend, maybe even three cons that Since weekend. It's so small. It has to do more, I think, with uh, the room blocks and the deal that the hotel would give them for the it. The hotel basically said, okay, if you will take this date for, I don't know, a, a year, two year, or two or three years, we will give you this extraordinary rate and we'll let you have whatever space you guys want. And they said, yeah. okay. So, wow. so it's, I mean, if it's growing still, that's cool. I'm just like looking at it like, hey, you know, that's all surprising. Yeah, you Labor Day weekend is kind of a weird year, one. Last year, it was a, a little handful of people. Like we said, it was maybe 500 people. This year, it was practically 1,000, I think they said, which is a huge growth. But last year, they didn't have nearly as much of the role-playing game stuff. Gotcha. Did you have to pay just like one entry fee to get in and that was it? Or did you have to pay for individual events, individual paint you classes? You pay one entry fee to get in. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you pay extra for the different classes or events or whatever. Gotcha. But, yeah, you could, like Fort Wapple, that was free. You could just sit there and watch us, talk to us, paint yourself, hang out with us all weekend long. And that 
didn't cost you anything. That's awesome. And yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of the folks that you know, if they were gonna go to Dragon Con or they normally go there, well, they're gonna go there anyways. And if it's two weeks later or a week later, they might still not be able to go because even for us, it was it was tough because you get it. Gen Con was only three weeks before. Yeah. yeah. It's a t- it's a very I mean I understand con season is rough but man there's so many I think we're gonna see the rise of more regional cons where you'll still get a good good people number people coming in but it might be like okay I'll go to Nova this year next year I'll save up and go to something further away you know yeah and then maybe you know back to Nova and then maybe you know Dragon Con the next year something like that on that same weekend um it it is good to see more small cons out there but it's just crazy to see it you know right right that weekend with a lot of competition going on yeah there was a lot of people forecasting that nobody would be here and even i thought am i <laughs> and they were and wrong it actually, and it actually grew <laughs> i not having other conflicts because i don't do those other conventions yeah, on well. uh, labor day weekend i thought it was a perfect weekend for me it worked really well i like it better than the weekend before my birthday no, which is what it used to be, but now we can do a local small convention called Dragonfall, which is that is the weekend that ReaperCon would have been in October. So, gotcha. So it's nice to, to be able to do that one too. Well, yeah, and I guess I mean DragonCon isn't really direct. It's like a sort of tangential competition, really. Yeah, it's very even very and even Nova's not really at all because it's like Nova's more the miniature game playing and less of that. So I, I guess it's actually not a bad weekend thinking about it. Yeah, definitely. And I have a friend uh, who's from Dallas and I send him a message. I'm like, Hey, are you going to be at ReaperCon? And he's like, no, I'm going to Nova, which is, which is funny because ReaperCon in his own backyard. He's like, where is it? I'm like, it's in Dallas. He's like, Oh my God. He didn't even realize. And, he doesn't usually do Nova. It's not like a regular thing every year for him. So he said he would try and check out ReaperCon next year because he is into the painting as well as the playing. So it'd be cool to see him there. Yeah. What's the uh, painting competition scene like? Because I know that that is a, I don't want to say a big part, but a lot of people it, like to get into that. It's, it's open. It's an open competition, which means you're not being judged against my work. I'm not being judged against Jim's so, work. So sort of You're like Gen being Con judged now? against your own merits. Yeah, there's there's a little... The, I think Privateer Press does that, right? With theirs? No. no? There's a bit of a twist mm, to it in kinda. that you actually get to talk to the people that judged your stuff. Because for, I think it was three years, I was judging that. And I took notes on every single thing that I judged because the next day... They're going to come up to you and say, okay, so why did I get this score? Or can I do something better? Or is there something else I should do? So there's a lot of interaction and feedback with this, too. It, it's a big deal. Was it Saturday night? The mm-hmm. entire main hall was filled rear end to rear end with people you know, there at the, the award ceremony thing. And they, were, they st- stayed there the whole time. But again, it, it, there is stuff. If you want to compete, like you know, victory at all costs, that's what the Sophies are for. So you know, Kathy, she got two golds. Those were in the in the general categories. But 
if she wins, say if she next year she gets a Sophie for one of her things, she if, can't compete for those if, those medals anymore. What's a so Sophie? Getting a, a Sophie is the Reaper, uh, the big Reaper award. It's like the Golden Demon of Reaper. Um, is it what? Why is it called Sophie? Is why I'm asking. Because Sophie is the mascot for Reaper miniatures. Gotcha. She's the the demonette with the wings. Gotcha. That you see in uh, in all their artwork and stuff. Okay. Um, and her name is Sophie, and so they have statues of Sophie, and that's what people get when they paint a Reaper miniature. Uh, better than everybody else's Reaper miniature, basically. That's the only part that's not uh, you know, open judging is is if you really want to strive for a Sophie, it has to be a Reaper miniature and and then you know you'll be in the running gotcha but once you win one of those now you can't win the minor awards anymore so it's another way they they keep you from just they also don't want to have to be handing out 10,000 medals to people what? so they say they say all right look once you get to the stage you're clearly advanced enough <laughs> now, now you're in the big pool. You're in. You know, there's no more floaties on your arms. You have to swim all on your own. And, and now you're now you're going to run up against the big boys. But you you clearly showed by what you were working on that all right, you're advanced enough to do that. Yeah. Which I'm I'm not sure of the because I know there's other open systems out there. I don't know if they do it quite that way, where they say okay, at a certain point now you're just you're just too advanced. You can't compete for this anymore. Um, not that I can think of off the top of my yeah. head. I know that GW or not GW, that, but... um, Gen Con has where you compete against yourself, and I'm not sure of the whole rules on that because that's uh, that's being run by Lynn Stahl. Our yep. friend Lynn of Metalhead Minis has taken wow. over running the the hobby track and the miniature painting competition at Gen Con. Yeah. And she's taking over that. And she sounds that all it is is you're kind of competing against yourself. Uh, but yeah, when, once you, you started to... getting big and bad enough, you you know you can't get the same thing again. Type stuff. Yeah, she wanted to run it like uh, like the Reaper competition. Mm -hmm. But at Gen Con, you also have, and actually at ReaperCon too, you have manufacturer awards, which are a separate yes. thing. So, like, at ReaperCon, and I think at Gen Con, too, Dark Sword will, will do their own amongst all of the, uh, the entries in the competition. They'll judge their own uh, miniatures for every Dark Sword model that gets painted. You have a chance to, to win whatever it is that Dark Sword wants to give as a prize. He actually had trophies this year. He had some brand new. He hadn't made trophies. I guess they had been kind of after him for a while. Hey, make trophies. So this year he did. <laughs> they were sort of the etched glass trophies, and those were really cool. Pretty sure Bombshell did it. Bombshell and, uh, also does uh, manufacturer awards at Recon. And that, yeah, that's those are. Did you guys have Patrick Keith on, right? No, and we haven't. But no, we haven't had him on yet. He's been trying to get his uh, studio up and running. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah, we we know him very that. well. Yeah, we know him very well, and he's he's a he's a good friend of the family per se. Because yeah. I tried to get I'm trying to get him and Doug Hamilton on at the same time. <laughs> because uh, the they Doug's the the one of the sculptors for Privateer Press, and one of them, okay. of course, is traditional, and one's 
uh, ZBrush, ZBrush, or whatever. And so I've been trying to get them on so we could have a a duel of type things just for fun. You want to talk? Uh, interesting is uh, talking to Jason Weeby, who's been sculpting for Reaper and other things for a million years, and he started out the traditional way, you know, green stuff and and Sculpey and all kinds of different materials, but he is learning ZBrush too. Yes, and he likes to incorporate uh, both those techniques into the same model, and it's really interesting to see him uh, talk about how he approaches things that way. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of I've been trying to get them on to do that, but they've been having issues after issue, and it's or family and you know whatever just. Life. Oh, it's hurting life. cats, you yeah. know. We know it's how life it is. happens. Yeah, <laughs> life happens. I'm trying to get this. Got that armor kind of oiled up and slicked and gross. I'm really liking how that armor is turning out. I'm going to do some stuff with some other things on it, but it's kind of getting all gross. I'm mostly amused how he's painting the model opposite how you're supposed to. I know. I do the skin last. I, I know, me. it's just funny. I mean, your stuff turns out fine. It's just funny because I yeah. was taught inside out, inside out. Like, yeah. we, like, do the skin for... You know, and it's funny because you say that, and I think of Jim and how he approaches models and how he does a base a base coat on every part of it first, just like a, like a half-tone base coat on the skin, on the armor, on the leather, on everything, just to get a color on it over the primer. Yes. Oh, and, that, and then start, you know, start I mean, going up better, and but... down. That way when you mess up and hit one thing, it's yeah. not completely finished. So you're not, it's not as much of a headache. Bing, 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 bing. You've got it right, Kathy. That's kind of how oh, I went with I... it. I also do that to try and keep, I'm trying to work on my brush control when I paint because I am, uh, to put it bluntly, sloppy as fuck. <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to work on that. So I figured if I keep doing it that way, where I do the base coat and everything, it, it gives me a reason to try harder to not be sloppy as fuck. Now, do you prop your hands together? Like when you're holding, when you're holding a model, you know? Hold on. I got everything I need right here somewhere. You've got to test it out. <laughs> no, I do. I absolutely do. I grab a yeah. model. Uh, I had a paintbrush. That's brochure, really the way to... I know uh, if, if you're shaky, you know, even just holding one finger against another finger in certain areas, I mean, like it really this. helps. Yeah. really helps to keep things. And then or if I, I have one have of my like, handles, I'll put the handle there, yeah. And then I always have uh, my elbow either propped against my side or propped against uh, the, the desk or something yeah to, to steady it I find yep. that really helps hip to, I, I'm hip to those tactics <laughs> <laughs> remember it's not that I can't paint it's just that I don't have the setup to paint so I yeah couldn't. I know and I, know, I, I haven't actually seen you you paint yet no I, I, I just found a whole painted army I mean fleet I found my old Earth Babylon Five fleet, which is almost completely painted. I got to do one stand of uh, Star Furies to fix, and then it's all good. Which is great for a game that doesn't actually exist anymore. Oh man! But I kept them because they're all painted. God damn it! Right? <laughs> so honestly, looking at them, I'm like, oh, I could do so much more now, and I may. Who knows? Now, typically, this is my paint stance. I have my 
forearms on the table and it's usually my that my left hand is on the table and then I paint and just rotate like this. Daddy's talking about the pinky stabilizer. That's what I have too and so does Jim. We'll always like the pinkies stabilizing against some part of the other hand. I don't know what it is, but that seems to uh, to really help. Well, it helps if you get the caffeine shakes, too. I don't get those so much anymore because I don't drink as much caffeine, but back when I did, it really helped. <laughs> I have started using my airbrush a bit more. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Jeff Wallach just chimed in and says he's seen me with the painted army. Yeah. I don't Shut believe down, Jeff. you, Jeff. Where are you, Jeff? How are you come you're not in the... Oh, are you on Facebook? I need to go Facebook. look at Facebook. It just popped up in our feed, too. If you're looking yeah. at our feed, it's right there. Yeah, it takes a little while for it to come up. It was like 15 years ago. It was like 15 years ago, actually. So I it's... can barely see it in our feed, sadly. And if I go to the Facebook page, everything looks fuzzy for me. Um, that's strange. Glasses? Yeah. I No. Everything, <laughs> all the words and everything look clear, but when I go... Yeah, you just go to the chat section if you're watching on Facebook. That we don't want to I mean, it all looks to... fuzzy for me right now, but there's a reason. Because you're drunk. Oh, it's not. Like, took my glasses. Now it is. What the what? Sometimes you gotta give it time to let the yeah. uh, stream catch up and uh, the resolution to catch up yeah. to the highest quality. Takes a little bit. So, so do y'all recommend going to ReaperCon? I mean, what's your scale of go-to? Is it like a must now, or is it, yeah, if you got the time, want to hang out with some old friends? If if you want to up your miniature painting game, if that's where your passion lies, you need to go to ReaperCon. Because it's there are just so many people there who have that passion for painting. It's just fun to be able to talk to other people and geek out about it. And you learn so much just sitting at a table with other people talking about what you're working on, even if you're not taking classes. Yeah, because the actually what happened with us is a lot of the instructors Aaron Lovejoy and, and Bryce Kokinor they came by and we were all just painting and there was it was almost like free little classes for people yeah sense. little little spot demos when people came up and had a question about whatever somebody happened to be working on yeah never turn down free lessons in painting you learn so much that way oh yeah what about uh um, Sorry, what what about vendors? Because I'm a vendor whore when it comes to conventions. <laughs> I love going to the vendors, and I waste so much money at the vendors. It's, uh, a, it's, it's a small dealer's room. The dealer's room is part of the ballroom where all the tables are and where the painting competition is. And so you have all miniature-related stuff. You had, you had Badger Airbrush was there. Oh, Hanger 18 was there. uh, Janet's Tools was there with like every single tool you could imagine for for model hobbying, for any kind of model hobbying. Uh, I got to know that guy that weekend, and he's uh, he's more of a model train enthusiast. And but he could talk your ear off about all kinds (laughs) of techniques about modeling. Yeah, tools and techniques for modeling are model are t- are good for multiple types. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't care was, when we started. I'll steal what I can steal. Yes. Yeah. Um. I got uh, a. Hey. I got pizzas. 
Hangar 18 was there. You like, uh, well, Bombshell Miniatures, they had their booth there yeah. with their game. Free Blades was there, and they, they're usually at Adepticon too. Mm-hmm. And they were doing. Was there. Oh, I was about to ask about them because I got a bunch of their paints in there on my desk. Yep, their paints, their models. They're, yeah, they're, they got some good stuff. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> Hangar 18, they also sell other people's models. They have their own. Uh, hobbying supplies, but they also are selling models from people like but, Nuts Planet and Kabuki I thought they were an actual store. They're, they're, this is the one convention that they do, because they're the place where I've got all my photo backdrops from, but they also did a Kickstarter line of pinups, and, and I've gotten some of those from them. They had, but, they had some of those there, too. Cool. And I, I know what people were getting, you know, new... Like Nocturna is one of my favorite 75 millimeter sculpts, and they also had the new Celestial figures there. They had some Aradium. It's if you're looking for some of the bigger scale stuff, they had it in their booth. But then if you needed static grass or grass clumps or foliage bits or whatever, that's where I first got to see kind of the newer grass tufts and the shrub tufts was at, at their booth at a ReaperCon a few years ago. That kind of opened my eyes to that sort of stuff because I I got to see it firsthand instead of just a grainy web picture or whatever. Oh yeah. But you're telling me we don't just use flock anymore? Uh, I actually like did. Flock. I actually will use it in combination. I kid you not with my grass tufts. No, it, it's it's more of a joke than anything. Actually, the funny thing is we had the guy who uh, who owned a framing shop and did a lot of stuff. He cut a lot of frames, have wood stuff. He would instead of using flock, he would use sawdust. And then paint it. Sure. Well, it's actually, now I'm, I'm making my own grass and shrub tops now. Yeah, I've seen people do that. That's probably a step beyond I want to go, but it's good to know you can if you have the... If you're, it, it's if you're really easy. so many bases where you're putting grass tufts on them, which, of course, we are, then getting that, what's it called, Jim, that tool? It's a, basically a static generator. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I've actually got some tufts here that I made, and I can make hundreds of tufts in a matter of about 15 minutes. Because all you do is just stick a dot of glue. Yep. So there's a dot of glue here. You get, you know, you stick a little nail in here. You get your static going, and you want to have two mil, four mil, six mil grass, vary up the colors. But the nice thing is, yeah, you can make static grass tufts. But if you get the little, the little leaves, and then the little colored stuff, now you're making your own flower tufts. And right here. If I was just go buy what I've got here retail, this would probably be twenty bucks. Oh yeah, absolutely. More. And this was maybe three cents worth of stuff between the glue and the grass and everything. We all have containers of static grass. Oh yes. And and the nice thing is you can make the sizes that you want. Yeah. Because I don't know how many times you know, you run out of the small tufts right away or the big tufts. And you have with all the medium medium ones, and you're desperately trying to cut those up into smaller sizes or whatever. So, but yeah, between the cost and running out, I just started making my own. No, it's a good idea. I've seen it. Uh, usually, I see it done on um, plastic wrap, not on uh, was that parchment paper. Yeah, just just on parchment paper. Interesting. And, and well, now that I'm doing huge terrain things also it's really nice to have that option of being able to do the static grass on terrain gotcha that sounds cool i might have to take a look at it when i 
finally get back to painting stuff and not just assembling every model on God's green earth. <laughs> well, eventually you're going to have to uh, to stop and paint some of those. I am rotting out of models, and that sounds scary to say, but I am. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you did just get together? some more, though, didn't you? What's that? <clears throat> oh, yeah, I did just get two new box sets. So, yeah, I've got some more <laughs> for a bit, but some of those don't take too long. And, I mean, there'll be a point where I'm like, I don't want to buy more stuff right now. So. Just so you don't have to stop, you know, so you don't have to start painting? No, no, actually, it's more of I haven't gotten my desk yet because... No, I'm saying you, you don't want to have to start buying more models just so you don't have to paint. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I could paint on here, but it's just not it's not set up well for it. It doesn't work well. It's difficult. It makes it more difficult than it needs to be. I have to do something. So, again, desk in my future. I know these, oh, geez, I don't know if it'll show up under the camera, but these little lights here, it looks like I can actually get it there. So these are about 10 12 bucks on Amazon. See, they got the flexible thing, and they've mm -hmm. got three different settings. They can either run. This is a little average, you know, ordinary what AC connector here, but on the other end is a USB, so it could go in any kind of outlet that supports it, or into your laptop or something like that. So it really, it makes it so much easier for me. This is what I use for painting, for photography, for everything. Is I have a whole fleet of these things set up. And that, that's what we used at, at DreeperCon, actually. We brought a bunch of those, and people were using those as their painting lights. Well, it looks like we're about uh, 8 o'clock. Let's go and go to the media section. We're going to go to our ReaperCon special one that Kathy made. Oh, snap. Uh, look at that ReaperCon review. It's a review for ReaperCon. ReaperCon review. Doot, doot. <laughs> <laughs> um... So this is, of course, our media section, guys, where we're going to talk about things we've watched, done, read, listened to, etc. all week. Um, everybody has a chance to talk about something. Of course, we have our rating system. Uh, one to or zero to five space herpes. The more space herpes it gets, the worse it is. And um, who would like to go first? I have about three or four things to talk about. I have two, because my third one I took care of in Minis and Movies, which was a tribute to Burt Reynolds. Okay. Oh. You could I, probably guess what movie I watched. I I could. Was it the one I saw like when I was eight? Probably. Wow. My first PG movie ever, not <laughs> counting Star Wars. Funny enough, that movie did come out the same summer as Star Wars, and it was the only other summer movie to survive the summer of Star Wars. Uh huh. That's the one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cliffhanger. 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 Oh, Xander, thanks for ruining it. Ruining it. Ah, Xander. <laughs> oh. Minus 5DKP. Alright, oh. so uh, I'll go with one that's a media movie review, or uh, music review. Um, I had to take a trip to uh, this weekend, drove about four hours, so I decided to listen to the new Eminem album. Now, I'm not much of a rap. I enjoy rock more than anything. But, of course, it's Eminem, and he has done some good stuff. So I decided to listen to it. Uh, it wasn't bad. Uh, it wasn't great. I'm not a huge Eminem fan, although I do like some of his stuff. And he's got some stuff that are classics now because he's old. Um, but there were some songs I was like, the hell is this shit? 
um, it, it was like it wasn't even rapping. It wasn't even musical. It was it was just bad. Um, so just a quick and dirty. It was decent. It had some pretty good songs on it. it had some good beats. Uh, I would say one and a half, maybe two space herpes. Uh, if you're an Eminem fan, you're gonna like it. Uh, if you're that not, just makes me hungry for candy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it wasn't bad. Uh, I I, it, I didn't buy it, so I didn't have to worry about it. I just listened to it through iTunes. Um, so like I said, about one and a half, two space herpes. Kathy, what do you got? I. Jim and I watched an episode of uh, Der Kommissar und das Mir again last night. That's the uh, Swedish detective show. The the detective in the sea is is what it's called, and it was just another uh, international mystery that I like. This one delved into uh, a prisoner of war camp that had been on an island in Sweden during, obviously during the Second World War, and the Russians didn't want them holding the, the Germans in Sweden anymore, so they had to send them back, but the locals, meanwhile, had mingled with some of these uh, POWs, and, and uh, so it was all about this one grandma trying to keep her secret love a, a secret and people died. It, it just, it, I love these international mysteries because of the, uh, the other weird cultural takes that are so different from American type of series. So how many space herpes do you give it? None. It was riveting. Oh, good. <laughs> My only drawback is I can't play my card game while it's on because I don't understand Swedish. Oh, yeah, because you have to <laughs> subtitle it all. I tried that with Tator the night before, which is that German, uh, the German police series. And I'm like, I can't understand a thing these people are saying. I glance up <laughs> at the screen and there's figure skaters on it. I glance back to my game and I, I knew nothing. I was just hearing German in the background. <laughs> Why is everyone angry? Oh, it's that's just German. German. <laughs> John, what's your uh, first one? Uh, my first one was uh, Labor Day weekend. That uh, Sunday after I got back uh, from family stuff and finished watching that cool cast yet with the dust guys. Um, I'm sitting there on YouTube and I a clip comes up from John Wick. I'm like, yeah, I'll watch this. And I'm like, no, you know what? I don't have anywhere to go tomorrow. Stop. I'm going downstairs. I'm actually going to watch John Wick again. <laughs> so the I first did. one, uh, right? Bane, yeah, the first one. Yeah, Banian came up from the basement. Uh, we watched John Wick. Uh, it's still, you know, in the X viewing, you know, eighth, ninth, whatever. Still great. Um, still marvel at how well the at done the action is. The the whole the whole ambiance of it, the whole feel of it. It's still great. It's still zero shots to cracking, and I am looking forward to the third one. Um. Honestly, that would have been the best action movie that year if it hadn't been for a little movie uh, most people haven't heard of called Mad Max Fury Road. What? Yeah, I know. A little independent Australian film. Well, what do you think about them coming out with the uh, John Wick TV series? Unnecessary. Uh, well, depending on how they go. I would like to see more in that universe, 
but me and not brush at Dave have long conversations occasionally. He's like, I want to know more about the backstory of the universe. I'm like, no, you actually don't. You think you do, but every time they go back and tell you backstory to whatever cool series, it's not as good as what you thought of in your head. <laughs> thus, it brings it all down. See Star Wars slash Alien for uh, common, uh, you know, examples of this. You yeah. don't really want to know what's there. You can't have as much interest. But if you tell other stories in that universe, then that's definitely the way to go. That could be good. Well, I think what they're going to do is they're just going to talk about that. What is it called? What's the group called? I don't know if they have a name. There's that's a the name for part. There's a name for the group. Uh, the the mansion that they go to the the safe house or whatever. Well, the Continental is the name of the uh, yes the, the series the, uh, hotel. Yeah, that, that's what it's going to be about the Continental. It's not going to be about John Wick. It's going to be about the Continental. Well, yeah, yeah, the it world should be about John, John Wick. Wick. Yeah, it, it, interesting to see. It, it's got some potential. I'm not super. I, I'm I'll be cautiously optimistic, but I'm worried they're going to do stuff that people don't need to know because you don't. Yeah. I'm better interested in the mystery. Why do they all use gold coins? I don't care. They use gold coins for currency. <laughs> that has been established. I'm good with that. <laughs> Why is there all these people to support the assassin community? Well, that just makes sense. If there's an assassin community, people need to support it. That's how the service industry goes. Yeah. I'm good with that. It is a service industry. <laughs> I, I don't need that. There's certain questions I just don't need answered. <laughs> but yeah, John Wick, if you guys haven't seen it, what the hell are you doing? No shit. Jesus. But yeah, it's see it. I own it. It's worth it. I need to buy the second one. Just been lazy, and money is not an unlimited thing. Unfortunately, I'm I'm waiting for the time it is. <laughs> but, but yeah, super cool. Zero shot to crack and don't kill a man's dog and steal his car. No shit. <laughs> oh, Gonzo, what's your second one? Um, I watched the show. It's on Netflix. And it's called The Joy of Tech. Um, it's about two guys. I think one is Greek, and I'm not sure what the other one is, but. Um, they go and find gadgets that you would use outside of the area. Like the first one, they go camping. Uh, and so they're using camping gear. One guy is going all low tech and one guy goes all high tech. Like the oh, guy's got, tech. yeah. And like, he's got a pair of electrical heated socks, electrical heated shirt, electrical heated jacket, you know, with battery packs and all this stuff. And... Just has all this, you know, great gadgets. Um, and, of course, one is, you know, no, you don't need all that. You can just do what you need to and go on and so on and so forth. And they just crack jokes at each other all the time um, and give each other hell and say some of the most inappropriate comments. And it is so hilarious. Um, I haven't finished all of it yet. But it is definitely worth watching. One, so you can see cool little gadgets like a flashlight that can actually start a fire uh, because of how powerful the thing is. Joy of Tech. J-O-Y of Tech. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's just plural. Yeah, techs. Um, I think they're both actually British. Are they both actually British? I know they give one of the guys, they give him hell because he's uh, uh, Greek of some nature or as part of his he background. Yeah, Greek descent, because yeah. it just seems... But looking at their biographies here on IMDb real quick, they're both British, it looks like. Oh, okay. It's a British show, so that makes sense. Uh, but it is just hilarious. Um, like, they get in a hot tub, and 
The guy brings out a mini vibrator to massage his muscles while they're in the hot tub. And you can just tell two guys what, you know, and they go off on all of these things. And it just shoes that help, you know, the muscles in your anus, you know, it's just shit like that. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to let, I'm going to okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll smile. <laughs> it's just, they, they, they go and they take everything to the extreme um but like i said one of them is all low tech and one's all high tech and they just talk about it and they show some really cool products off like i said there was a, a flashlight that actually can start a fire with the light because it's so bright and so hot uh so it was just really cool stuff like that that's called a laser yeah pretty much yeah. <laughs> um visible light laser yeah it actually was really neat um so they had some pretty cool stuff on there uh, like I said, I haven't finished it, but so far, no, sh- no space herpes. Um, okay. Good, good laughs, good tech. They got good chemistry too. That's that's important because I say it's sort of like the the quick review says like a uh, uh, in the flavor sort of the Grand Tour old uh, Top Gear. Yes, uh, and they they said that they've been friends for a long time, and you can tell that they've got some good camaraderie. But it is definitely worth the watch. Definitely fun to see. I highly recommend it. Cool. So no space herpes so far. Excellent. Speaking of good tech, they had a marathon of Get Smart on yesterday. Ooh. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> You're bound to review it now. Ah. Yep, go for it. Get Smart, review it. Oh my god. I forgot how much I like Get Smart. It's so ridiculous. It is. It was uh, Austin Powers for Austin Powers, and it's so much, much more clean humor in most part, if I remember correctly. Yes. It so was. Yeah, it is very clean. Uh, well, I mean, it was the 60s, I think. Late People 60s. forget how, how much the spies were like. 70s, but you know what? Mel Brooks was a writer on that. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes Which sense. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Everything makes sense, you know. And Don Adams. Did voices for so many cartoons and everything. Mm-hmm. He has such a distinctive voice, uh, and he was Inspector Gadget. Yep. Inspector Who, a... Gadget was like the kids' version of of Get Smart. Smart. Well, yeah. Smart, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, people don't realize is that in the the '60s and all, that the spy was the big thing. That's when James Bond hit his big thing. Uh-huh. Get Smart, The Man from Uncle. Even a little bit later in the 70s, I mean, Wonder Woman started off, you know, as a spy sort of flick where she just happened to turn into Wonder Woman. Yeah. I mean, that was a big thing for a long time, but that's sort of how TV shows go. It was was all the Cold War. And so, Alexander says the Saint. Yeah. There was a marathon of the Saint on last night, too. I was really torn. Did you ever... uh, See, you've seen the movie, I assume, the uh, Val Kilmer the remake. Val Kilmer one? No, I never did. Uh, I, I, it was so good. I enjoyed it. And there was yeah. there was another uh, movie reboot of it with some other people that were trying to make a new series. It's on Amazon Prime for free, or it was. It was not bad either. So, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff out there you can watch. So, how many space therapies do you give? <laughs> Get, Get smart. smart. Get Come smart. on. You know Probably the answer like to because <laughs> it's so funny but it's so ridiculous it's so cheesy it, it really needs a couple kind of uh, like ice pirates needs a couple i'll be honest gonzo <laughs> i know you don't want to use the old rating scale but i feel like it's smart was rated on the old rating scale <laughs> you need a drink exactly <laughs> that should be a rating rating get me a drink <laughs> get me 
drink. The saint, on the other hand, is it's that's yeah, also good. Maybe one. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, some of those are a product of their time. It's so hard to judge them fairly, you know. Yeah. I I noticed that Roger Moore's hair in the couple episodes that I saw last night was very much. I see that Donald Trump's hair is trying to be like Roger Moore's hair in in the same. <laughs> oh well, you know. I just I was mesmerized by the the sweep of it this way and the the sheen there. <laughs> I was like, this is this is his ultimate homage to the saint. <laughs> I'm hilarious. sure Donald Trump is a big saint fan. <laughs> hey, I don't judge. I do. A lot. I judge a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What about well, Jim? Ha uh, Jim, have you uh, watched or listened to or read anything? Well, let's see. Watching the NFL has given me multiple space herpes because clearly <laughs> nobody has, knows how to play anymore. Maybe they should play about 20 preseason games instead of zero. Uh, however, college football saved the day yesterday because we were stuck here waiting for that package. So I got to see a full slate of games. And yes, sanity was restored because they actually play games before they play the games. So it was, it was, there was some competence on the field. It, it took, you know, watching these 18-year-olds to do it. But hey, what do you know? At least they didn't have to watch four guys miss field goals from point-blank range. That's that's true. I heard that happened. Yeah, yeah. So that, that I'm like gonna have to have multiple salves or whatever to recover from trying to view NFL games. I, I'm upset that the Cleveland Browns lost, ruining their best start in like 17 years or 14 years, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, and if they could have kicked one more field goal, they they could have instead of going 0 and 16, they could have been 0 0 and 16. Oh, no, no. <laughs> they, uh, so they tied their first game and started off with their best start in. Years. Legionnaires chimes in. He says Alabama has ruined college football. That's his hot take. <laughs> uh, my response is roll tide. Roll <laughs> damn tide. Oh, Go Tigers. No sympathy here. Go Tigers. No, no, no. John's a war eagle. No. Go Tigers. Yeah, I saw that too. We were watching a game, game last night, the Ohio and the Horned Frogs. <laughs> I'm like... The only I'm part like, of college I don't like is how uneven they are. It's like, I know you guys got the money and the teams come, and they get money for playing you and getting their butts whooped, but man, college football on an even slate would be it'd be a hell of a thing to watch. Well, it, it does start to happen. I mean, these, oh, these are all the, the cream puff games right now, although more and more teams are losing to the cream puff teams. That's so amusing. Oh, and, yeah. and the Gilbert says, how about that kid in Kansas City, six touchdowns? Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. Everybody said that was a huge mistake. Of course, I don't think we're going to have uh, Mitch live up to the Mahomes New, you know, he's not going to be a Hall of Famer, although Mahomes has some way better receivers to throw to. I, I find it amusing right now that we have uh, our media section has turned into the uh, the, the sports sport section. section. <laughs> Let's be honest, That's, NFL is media nowadays. It is. It is. It is totally valid. Um, That's I've been what I do. Finding myself watching clips <laughs> from other stuff. I don't watch whole games anymore. Generally, I just watch clips. Show me some highlights. 
yeah, uh. it, it's just amazing that nobody can play. And I'm looking. There was games where there was 13. The average game now has 13 flags before the first half ends. Oh, and the funniest thing was I saw on Twitter, uh, like FedEx or someone was doing, or, or some sports channel or somebody was doing the best play of last week. And the guy looked, he's like, this guy didn't wrap up, tackled horribly, and you call that the best play of the week? Like, oh, yeah. Fair. Well, and I know that the refs are having all kinds of problems with that new putting your weight on the quarterback rule, because mm-hmm. that's that's how we ended up with a tie today. Because you you had a sack, and the guy really he was trying to offset his weight, and and, and I'm a person saying this to defend the Green Bay player, so that that's kind of tells you how much this is starting to affect the game. For everyone who doesn't know, this is a Chicago man defending a Green Bay player. <laughs> that's a hell of a thing. He was clearly trying to offset that weight and, and trying not to Aaron Rodgers the guy. That, that's a yeah. You know, I used to say you're gonna Joe Theismann the guy. Now you say you're gonna Aaron Rodgers the guy. <laughs> Oof, I remember the Joe Theismann one. Yikes! Because I'm a Redskins fan, or I was when I. I mean, technically still a Redskins fan. I just don't really watch football anymore. I don't have. Yeah, the yeah. Ah ha ha! Gilbert just said blasphemy, James. Blasphemy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gilbert say uh, he's from Joliet. He's a uh, he's a local friend of ours. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, back to uh, other media. Media section. Other media. Uh, I watched a little series. Probably no one's heard of it. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called Jack Ryan. I'm sure no one's really heard of it. They're not putting all the money in, in the, the world. Probably watch that. I was going to watch it anyways, but then because because Banyan gave it good reviews, and then you know Twitch is like, "Hey, have free bits for watching." I'm like, "Well, I was going to watch it anyway. Sure, give me free bits." <laughs> What the hell? Um, uh, it's been amusing. It's quasi-realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, probably about as realistic as most of the movies are, more or less. Um, well, yeah, I can talk about the series without you being able to... Yes. Yes, yeah, suck it. Yes, I can, Banian. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it without you being here. Suck it. <laughs> but no, it's pretty good. Uh, I like the guy they got to play, uh, Jack Ryan. Uh-huh. Um, it's interesting that the whole thing is, and none of this is spoilers. This all a lot of this stuff is from the first ten seconds. It's um, basically Jack Ryan and uh, his mentor, whose name's escaping me, uh, who used to be played by James Earl Jones. They got another guy playing him, and it's sort of their their meeting and getting together. So it's cool. Um, it's very modern terrors. It's not really telling any of. The, any of the uh, actual stories that he wrote, but it's sort of based by and inspired by. Okay. Uh, yeah, Jim Greer, thanks, Banyan. And it's pretty good. Uh, I enjoy it. Uh, I think certain people are overhyping it. It is not the end-all, be-all, but it keeps, it doesn't keep my interest enough to watch two episodes in a row, but I get sit down for, for dinner, and I'm like, I'm going to watch the next episode. So, that's, uh, that's a good enough praise. Um, I am six episodes in, so I have like three or four more in the series. Uh, for series one, so I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'll give it one space herpes because there are times you're like, this fight should be over. Hmm. Come on, or you know, you know, it it, it just hits you the wrong way because it really tries to project that realistic, and then it's a little tiny unrealistic in certain things, and it and it can take you out until you're used to it. 
Like by episode three, you're not worried about it anymore. You're you're used to it. But the first couple of episodes, you're like, but what? I don't. So I definitely like watch this it. This is something I need to see. Oh, uh, it's good. And Amazon I've... Prime. It's free. It's worth it. I watched yeah. the first episode, Erica, and I watched the first episode, and it was good. It was a good, solid show. It wasn't, you know, all crazy hype and, you know, everything, but it, it kept me there. Too much money in the advertising it. Well, there, so much money. Yeah, Where are they advertising it? Everywhere. Advertising. Everywhere. Yeah. Like, I go on, 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 uh, I go on Twitter at lunch, and I scroll down, and there's like, oh, there's another ad for uh, freaking, uh... Yeah, there's Jack a lot Ryan of... here. Huh. But very enjoyable. It's they left it uh, from what I understand, uh, they haven't put any of the other secondary characters in, but from what I hear they leave it open to add some of those guys, Clark and such, that show up in other series. But uh very enjoyable. Give it a shot. Hey, if you care enough, find the old books, read them. Those books are good. Yeah, Tom Kenty like got many, many movies made for a good reason because yeah. he writes yeah, the damn yeah. Gets a little crazy at points, but He's a heck of a storyteller. Gonzo, you got something else? I have one more. Um, And it is called The Dragon Prince. Um, It's on Netflix. It is a Netflix series. It's done by the guys that did the Avatar Last Airbender, not the movie, the the TV show. Catch that. Yep. Animation. Um, And also Korra, written by those guys. Um... And it's their new series. The basis of the story is humans figured out how to use dark magic. And for figuring out how to use dark magic, elves and the elven kingdoms kicked all the humans to the west side of the continent. Separated by this like lava river or whatever. And the humans and their struggle to get back. Because I guess to, to, to use dark magic, you have to take magical energy from mystical animals. So you kill them in the process. Kind of like necromancy in a way. Um, And the humans tried to push back and get to the other side. And when they did, they killed the god of dragons and stole and destroyed his egg. Um, And so when they did that, now the elves are all against the humans. And it's a constant war and battle. Um, Great story. I binge watched the entire season today. Uh, it's only eight episodes, uh, and they're only they're only thirty minute long episodes because it's listed as a TV young audience, uh, that Y7 or whatever it is. Um, but um, it is definitely if you love the Last Airbender and Korra, it's the same type of writing, same comedy, uh, same humor, same abilities. Um, characters are really good. Uh, all the characters in the story that you come up against and everything um, is really neat. Uh, they have their own flair. Um, everybody has their own little niche that makes them who they are. Um, I thought it was interesting that one of the characters is deaf and uses a shield as a weapon. Uh, as their, that's the person's only weapon, uh, which I thought was a cool idea. It was you know something different. Um, there's that animosity between elves and humans, and the comedy in it is really good. Um, the mocking of each other based on their race and the pretending and just things that were done, solid spot on. If you, Like I said, if you liked it, you'll like this, because it's, if you liked it, all the last airbender, 
you'll like the story and you'll like the 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 writing. My only complaint is that it is done in like a shell shaded shaded CGI um, in a way. And so like the movement isn't all fluid. Uh, when you first watch it, you're like, something's not right with the animation. Uh, but it, get, it seems like it gets better or you get used to it the more you, you watch it. You probably get used to it. Us, us old school anime guys and animation yeah. guys are... Usually have a problem with that stuff for a bit. Yeah, and, and, and so it was a little off-putting while I was watching it. First, it was like the animation isn't right. You can see the, you know, the twitch or whatever or whatever's going on. Like I says, it's probably because you either get used to it or, of course, you know, maybe they got a little bit better. Um, but it's still there. It's still a hundred percent. Like I says, the Avatar guys, and they do a great job telling the story. Um, they do it by books, like they did the Koras. Um, and Avatar, so I'm guessing this is going to be like a six-part series because it's all based on the uh, elements of magic and stuff, so kind of where it seems like it's going to be. Uh, I highly recommend it. If you liked it, like I said, if you liked the Avatar stuff, go watch it. Uh, it's a quick and easy bend. They're like 25-minute episodes, uh, 23 to 25. Uh, good fun. Uh, highly recommend one space herpes because it's such a such a short series i uh, hope it comes out more rapidly than once a year um but it was it was good i, I can't wait for the next book season oh. whatever you want to call it so highly recommend it one just because it was kind of weird getting re used to the animation so other than that and that it is now eight thirty. people perfect timing talk about that it's not it's nine thirty right or 9.30 if you're John. Or you're a dork. All right, guys. So that is episode 50 in the can. Um, we want to also thank all of our sponsors, uh, Broken Head Games, uh, for, of course, sponsoring us and providing us with the ability to sell some really cool stuff. If you haven't noticed, guys, and you're into widgets and all that things, please go find over. Use our link. If you buy anything from them, that helps us out a lot because that's our affiliate link. We get a kickback. And also, if you like uh, tournament sets and widget sets, the ones that we're selling based off of with our logo on it, all go straight back to the podcast so we can buy new equipment, get better things for us, uh, so we can help out, get better rewards for y'all. Uh, we highly recommend it. That helps us out a lot. Uh, also, uh, Tectonic Craft Studios. Dan, such a lovely man. Yeah. Um, he's always awesome. Thanks to him. And, of course, Mechanica Studios. Uh, for being there and helping us out. He's going to be giving us some uh, stuff to give away shortly, uh, cool. which I can't wait to give because he's got a lot of things going on. Um, I also want to thank James for coming on and painting and talking with us. We yeah, thanks. It. Thanks a lot. Uh, if you don't know, James usually comes on every once in a while with me, and him and I will do painting. Um, and once in a while, he came on and helped me stay awake for my last few hours of my 24-hour <laughs> stream. Which was very much needed. <laughs> By that time, I just turned on his camera and go, watch him. I'm going to talk to him. <laughs> Type thing. Yeah. I'm looking at that my Skype thing right here. It says four hours and 12 minutes. <laughs> um, guys, be on the lookout on uh, Facebook. We'll have some stuff coming out. Um, possibly a Daughter of the Harbinger coming out. John, what do you got coming out? Anything this week? Um, I think I probably need to... Re to catch up with uh, minis and movies. I fell behind a week. Try and get that. And then we record another Adventure Sewer Bear on Saturday. So 
But we will be missing a week when I'm out of town, unfortunately, but nothing okay. I can do about that. And then, Kathy, you up to painting on Monday and Thursday this week? I will be painting tomorrow morning, 10 to yeah. noon Central, and I will be painting again on Thursday, 10 to noon Central. Yeah. So if, if your morning's free, come watch, come join the chat. Uh, if you're working, you know what? You can listen to that shit. Yep. I'm told I might be funny. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, guys, if you are going to support us, while we do love and appreciate all the bits and all the cheers and stuff that you give us here, uh, the best way to support us is actually by Patreon because you get actually some really good rewards, uh, which we're changing up uh, shortly. Uh, to add some neat things coming up. But if you really, 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 really want to get taught how to paint, you may want to join that because Kathy does some painting on that and helps out. So with yeah, other yeah. than that, guys, uh, that's episode 50 for More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Kathy. I'm Jim. Good night. Good night. Good night, Gracie. Man, it's really, really old school. No shit. Yeah, I am all, all about the old school, guys. In case you hadn't noticed by my get smart and the saint. <laughs> <laughs> I think you went older school than that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention that Australia won the world team championship for hey. War Machine and Hordes. Hey, guess what? We're still on. So, I, good luck, Australia. Or, congratulations, what? Australia. I, Way to go, Australia. Almost like I planned that. What? We don't plan shit around here. Not really. <laughs> <laughs>